And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Episode 214. Coming in under the wire <laughs> as uh, the, the page loads. I haven't had an episode since August 6th. I uh, would have had an episode last week, but... Things got busy, and then the week before that, things got busy. So these are all stories from that week, from the week of August. Well, it was after August sixth, the week of August eighth. <laughs> it's all right; nothing really happened the, the past couple of weeks. I mean, we all know, right? The world didn't end. Here we are; we're still alive. Ah, ah, ah. Is it okay to still sing that song? I guess. I don't know why it would change. No, it's a bad song. (laughs) 2.14. (laughs) I think I forgot how to do this show. You know, sometimes uh, even Desus and Miro's Bodega Boys, as long as they've been going on, sometimes they disappear for a couple of weeks. Just now, I think they're on hiatus with uh, with their uh, television show, Desus and Miro on Showtime. I think that's the full title. I've been watching a lot of Late Night. That has returned after the several weeks break because of the pan, uh, pandemic. Because of <laughs> remember that remember when the pandemic started and all of the news shows, all of the late night shows, everything basically. The, I know the late night shows, some of them like Colbert and Fallon. Almost immediately went to shooting remote, but then others went to hiatus for a little bit, and uh, yeah, and suffered for it. <laughs> that first episode was with Seth, and he was shooting it on his Mac, as on his iMac uh, camera. I said, I don't know if I can keep watching this show. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep supporting it. <laughs> Colbert shot it from his bathtub. Fallon was uh, in his uh, second home. I can only assume in upstate New York, shooting from a phone, and it's in many cases a lot of a lot of the news people are still doing that stuff, <laughs> and it's not good. Come on, guys, we're at 19, 20 months into this pandemic, and you you didn't buy a decent camera at this point. Like, how far in does it take somebody to go? I guess I should. I mean, I was going to buy a new camera, but I guess uh, well, this pandemic is going to end anytime soon. <laughs> They're like eight months in. <laughs> Should I buy a new camera? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll continue using my iPhone 5S. I don't know if those existed. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? No, nothing matters anymore. All right, let's get started. Let's get let's go on the show. South Park had a mega deal. If you don't remember this, uh, this is from August 11th. South Park had a mega deal with uh, Viacom, CBS, and uh, and I I already talked about the deal. I said it it was a really it's a deal, you know, where they get 14 movies for over the next seven years or something like that. So two movies a year, roughly like that. But now this is from AV Club, written by William Hughes. This is apparently. The guys, the South Park guys are now billionaires because of this deal. Is it is it a, a prerequisite for you to write like uh, like uh, um, 
like a jerk when you work for the AV Club, the Onion. <laughs> like all those, all those uh, satirical jokes and the rapport that they have. Because quite frankly, I don't like it. <laughs> Remember, I talk about this all the time. When uh, when I well, all the time. <laughs> When I interviewed Kyle Kinane, I told him, hey, man, you're the reason why I don't write news anymore because I was trying this thing out. I was never felt good about it. And then you called me out on it and I stopped doing it. He was like, yeah, that's good. If you enjoy it, do it. That's my Kyle Kinane. I do. I do. Imp- oh, my impressions are so good. I don't want to step on a bit that uh, Seth Meyers does on Late Night with Seth Meyers. The, the short of it is. He's been doing impressions for like the past three months of of like uh, Al Pacino, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, and uh, and then the joke is that he went to impression camp, <laughs> and and they and uh, like over the hiatus, over the two week hiatus for the Olympics is what I should have said five minutes ago. Uh, that uh, he went to impression camp and that they got the impressions got better. <laughs> It's, that's why Corrections is Emmy nominated. Suck it, other Emmy nominations. You know, it's good. It's honored to be nominated. It's honor to be nominated. It's honor to be nominated. And there we go. That's how you get the title of the show. I'll see you later. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Ba-na-na-na-na-na. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's continue. I don't know anymore. Uh so this deal was nine hundred million. Let's refresh my, my, the memories. It was a nine hundred million dollar deal. Let's pretend it's it's slash between them. And uh, also coming from the deal, they uh, before they before the deal was announced, they said that they wanted to buy Casa Bonita, which is a, uh, a Mexican restaurant in California that they even they liked so much they based an episode on and they ended up eventually buying Casa Bonita after shortly after this deal was announced. And so now these guys have nine hundred million. Nine hundred million. And then take this into consideration. Warner Media several years ago <laughs> Or last year when HBO Max came out, <laughs> spent five hundred and fifty million dollars in order to uh, to to have the streaming rights for South Park, which was previous, which episodes were previously on Hulu. They, uh, I don't think they were on CBS All Access before that became Paramount Plus, but it's not like Viacom was going to pay for that anyway. Because and and this is important because. Uh, uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone own own the rights to the own the streaming rights to South Park. So they were they were streaming when Hulu was free. They were streaming on SouthParkStudios.com. It was more or less uh, like Comedy Central's um, website, where except it was except those guys owned it. Uh, Parker and Stone they owned it, and. Uh, uh, and you could watch episodes of South Park, with the, with the exception of the current season, I believe. But you can watch episodes of South Park. It was not a very good website. I remember it never working for me, whereas Hulu would work perfectly. And and then and then eventually they went over to Hulu, and now they're at HBO Max. So they got this deal with HBO Max. They got the deal with uh, uh, the uh, well, who nine hundred million <laughs> Paramount <laughs> Paramount Plus. 
So they're basically billionaires. That's wonderful. Stone said in a recent Bloomberg interview, we're proud of the fact that years ago we said, let's put the show online and build that audience. What a great time to be an independent dealer. And he's, and he's, and he's correct. I, we're, I mean, that's why Fox Broadcasting wants to own the rights to, to their shows. That's why, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, a bunch of other shows were canceled a couple years ago um, because they want to own the rights, the, stra- the rights, and then for streaming for, for those shows. So any shows going forward that are, that are, that's airing on Fox are going to be produced by Fox Broadcasting, you know, whatever the studio arm they have there now. Uh, but that's not including Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, and The Simpsons. Those are still now co-owned by Disney. But uh, you know, it's I, I for the past couple of years, it's just, I just I, I watch South Park every week, uh, or I try to, and it's still it's still kind it's still kind of tough. Uh, those guys have turned into real hardcore libertarians, and it's kind of not fun watching the show anymore. <laughs> and I was watching some last week. I was watching some, uh, and by watching, I mean it was on in the background, older episodes, and. You know, people people say, oh, The Simpsons hasn't been funny in so long, or, oh, Family Guy hasn't been funny in so long. I, for South Park, even though there's a significantly less amount of episodes than there are for The Simpsons and Family Guy, uh, compared to The Simpsons and Family Guy, uh, South Park has really had a hard turn. And I can't really pinpoint the season. Maybe it was when PC Principal showed up, uh, maybe even before that. And, uh, and, and it's not the fact that, you know, they're testing out new story ideas such as continuity. Uh, throughout seasons or season-long story arcs or anything like that, it's there. And you know, could say the same for uh, me. I, you know, I hate to, I hate to to burn this card, but John Oliver, um, hosting late last week tonight. Uh, it's, it's like angry humor. It's 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 humor that is based in anger, and they they say I you know f this f everything. Nothing nothing works anymore. Nothing is good. And uh, we'll tell you what's good, and it's nothing. Uh, and I mean, and that's and that's just how it feels when you when watching South Park and like everybody's wrong, blah blah blah. We're right, and uh, and they again talking down to the audience like the show Hacks, which is uh, a bad show. Uh, <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> and so that's what that's what South Park kind of feels like. And at some point, they were good. They were pushing it on, you know, in quotes, pushing the envelope and and telling. A lot of great stories that that were encompassed by a series of wonderful jokes, a lot a lot of good jokes, and even if the jokes were offensive, they still came from a place of uh, not anger, which is good. <laughs> I just, I mean, there's just no point in angry comedy and pointing the finger and all this stuff. Okay, let's move on. This next one comes from 9to5Mac. This is so slow. Written by Jose Adorno. Report details podcaster complaints surrounding new Apple Podcasts subscriptions platform. So Apple Podcasts subscriptions, uh, if you recall, uh, they announced a, uh, a new podcasting subscription plan in uh uh, earlier this year, I believe, and uh, and then and then they delayed it to later in the summer, when it's supposed to come out. They revamped the podcast app on Apple products, 
so now you can talk about so now you can, so now people can if your fans can subscribe to uh to shows and pay the, the 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 hosts directly if they don't have a Patreon model set up or some kind of other model like uh, Drip. I think Drip is one of them because I think uh, the Squire Brothers were on that with Dumb People Town. Now it is being said, can you tell I'm tired? <laughs> if you're looking at the video, can you just, the, the last 15 seconds of me just rubbing my eyes <laughs> and looking at the camera and I just felt, I just felt my RBF just slide on. It's a mask. Where's Scooby-Doo in the gang? <laughs> Pull it off. My face. Pull off my face. I looked up. If you're watching the video, I did look up to see if there was something. It was my shadow because I have these giant, these bright lights. Not giant. They're not big. They're the size of my phone. So now uh, this is as reported by The Verge. Uh, this is 9to5Mac via The Verge. Excuse me. This is The Verge via 9to5Mac. Quote, podcasters say the platform has failed them in various ways. End of the quote. They say Apple Podcasts Connect, for example, quote, has a confusing interface that often leads to user error scenarios that have them pinging Apple at all hours of the day in panic. Uh, so, I mean, but all right. So the thing is, you're supposed to subscribe to your podcast for free, you know, watch whatever. And then you you subscribe to, uh, the, and, you know, to them for an extra five, two, three, five dollars. Uh, or wh- however much, and they'll give you bonus episodes, all this other stuff. And it's just supposed to be an easier way uh, for Apple to get more money, and for uh, out of out of the hosts, and for and for you to seemingly support the people that you like the most. But one, there, but rolling this out has proved to be difficult, uh, as explained earlier. And then another one of the things that uh, people complain about is Apple Podcasts is the lack of RSS as a centralized place to publish all to all podcasting platforms. That, that is very true. With Apple Solution, they still have to publish their episodes in a variety of places and manage various backends. Uh, and so, I, you know, the, the Patreon model and the Drip and all that, and then and the, the, other, the other ones that, that have that same kind of, that mimic that same kind of delivery, those are easier because Patreon is... You know, Apple is an established company when it comes to podcasting. They're, it's the biggest podcast platform in the world. I would venture to say I would treat it as the billboard for podcasts. You know, Billboard Hot 100 is the best. <laughs> Hot 100. <laughs> yeah, Billboard Hot 100, I, I would say. I would say that's a good way to see, you know, the top 40. America's, you know, the world's top 40, America's top 40, whatever. It's the best way to see what music is popular now. And if you look at, I'm pointing to the iPad if you see me pointing on camera. And if you if I, and if I go over here and load up Apple Podcasts, as opposed to loading up uh, the Pocket Cast app, which is what I use to listen to podcasts, uh, and, I can, and I go to uh, uh, search and I see top charts, the number one podcast in the world right now is Dr. Death, colon, Miracle Man from Wondering. Number three is The Daily, and uh, number six is Smartless which is now going to be a TV show, I think. And then number nine is, uh, well, you know, there's a, I mean, and so here's the thing. So <laughs> it's a, it's a right wing podcast. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's because every, everybody, you know, I mean, the, the Android is the most popular operating system in the world, but iTunes and Apple, those are so synonymous with a lot of stuff. And basically podcasts started on Apple podcasts on, on podcasts. So it's, uh, it's a good way to to chart and to see 
what's popular and what's not popular. Uh, and so, but the problem is Apple Podcasts is only on Apple products. And you can't access, if you subscribe to Apple Podcasts on, you know, whatever Apple device you have, then there's no way you can access that on your Android phone, you know, in my case, or on your lap, on your PC if you don't have iTunes. Versus if I go to Pocket Casts or, uh, or even Spotify, then I have access to podcasts, those podcasts I subscribe to everywhere. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me hit the microphone. So it, it, is, it is a shame that Apple's f- finicky new platform, is, the way for them to make more money is not working. And, you know, quite frankly, I did not think that this is going to be I will be surprised if this is a popular adoption. Uh, if anything, you know, a- Apple already takes, what, 30, 40% of, uh, of uh, app, of regular just apps, app store uh, stuff. I don't, I, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't think that people would want to do this, but, you know, like, why? Why would you want to do this? Because you, it's everything I just said. <laughs> you have to, you still have to go to other platforms because people don't, some people don't even, a lot of people probably don't even listen to podcasts outside of, you know, their computer at work, maybe, or, or their, uh, uh, what else, what else, their, their, I, I don't know, iMac, I was just going to say something that was, I just said, iMac. so anyway, I, I don't know, this is, this is not surprising that it's not working, uh, but it's also surprising that people are even using it. If anything, I would, I would hope it, uh, gets axed quickly. This next one comes from Consequence of Sound. I mean, I just did this. Yeah. Glenn, this is written by Glenn Rowley. It's from Consequence of Sound. I just said that. I just realized I said that. TikTok radio goes live on Sirius XM. So the only reason I have this on here, and we'll and quickly glaze over, glaze over this. <laughs> that might be the title. That's a better title than the other thing I said. Quickly glaze over this. Spelled over with a P. Spelled this with a capital H. I have big hands. That's what. That's what's wrong with the world. <laughs> so, uh, I was I was going to the gym last week, and uh, you know I have Android Auto in my car, and uh, it's it's so finicky, and the gym is only a, a five minute drive, especially at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I you know I just listen to the Sirius XM. On the way, on the way to the gym, and uh, I was I turn on to channel number four, which is Soul Cycle Radio. It's been that way since I've gotten my Sirius XM. Turn it on, and I hear a commercial, which is Sirius XM does have commercials, but it's they're not they're not frequent as frequent as regular FM channels. And I hear uh, this is TikTok Radio. We're coming to you live on Wednesday, August seventeenth at noon p.m. <laughs> you know, just something like that. And I just went, "What in the world is this?" And I said, "I and I thought because I, I, Soul Cycle Radio is exactly what it is. It's music basically played at the Soul Cycle, <laughs> so it's music you cycle to, remixes of pop songs and pop songs. That's it. <laughs> and uh, and I enjoy I enjoyed listening to that on the way to the gym. Uh, but then TikTok Radio reared its ugly head, and now it's live. It's, so it's so basically what it is is TikTok exclusive uh, songs, songs that are on TikTok, songs that are popular on TikTok, and that's all it is. And it's f- 
people it's songs you never heard of if you if you are over the age of 25 and you don't use tiktok it's songs you never heard of but then you also got dixie d'amelio who is a tiktok person uh ash nico lauren gray lil nas x ed sheeran so far i've named people i don't like <laughs> i don't like any of those people i like ed sheeran he was in uh yesterday the movie it's a good movie i enjoy the movie Okay, anyway, it's a TikTok channel, and uh, you got it. You already understand what it is. Ooh, okay, so let's do this one. Let's do this one next. Uh, We're going to examine NBC's Peacock-driven Olympic push. That's exactly what I have down in my notes. This is from The Wrap, written by Tim Basinger. I actually have to, uh, uh, I'll say login, but I do not have a rap login, and I'm not going to tell... The way that I read this without logging, without uh, legally paying for it. <laughs> Tim Basinger. Don't put things behind a paywall. You're the rap. And it's a short article. So the Tok- so NBC's Olympic Games, Tokyo Olympic Games, obviously Tokyo citizens were hang- angry, about, angry about it. They were hangry about it. <laughs> Where are we going to get our food? <laughs> so they were mad. And... Uh, but it seemed as though people in America, to the very least, were interested in watching. Uh, especially if you watched, uh, if you watched friggin' any morning news at all, like I do. Uh, all it's all you saw was, uh, you know, Gail King talking about it, or Robin Roberts talking about it, or S- uh, Savannah Guthrie talking about it. Women, isn't that interesting? That all all the main anchors. And let this be said that, yes, they're, they're a co-host technically, but they're the faces. Women are the main faces of all the morning news shows. Isn't that interesting? And then late night, at least on broadcast, has no women. And it's all white guys. Interesting. That just, that just came to mind. Uh, Robin Roberts, Gail King, Savannah, Hoda. Uh, the rest. <laughs> they talk about. I put Hoda up there too. I'll put I'll put Hoda in that in that category too. They they were you know there the a lot of the stories were just were a lot about the Olympics and so it seemed like the Olympics were taking over everything, especially on ESPN, especially on uh, Fox Sports One, uh, and and CBS Sports and and the like. It's it seemed as though the Olympics were everywhere, and you know even even in my case, I never I never watched Olympics before uh, this year. That's a true statement. So, Basinger took his beady little eyes <laughs> and, and said, let's enjoy this. Let's look at the Olympics and how they worked. NBC launched a streaming service, Peacock. It's free. And there's also a paid tiers version of it. If you paid the if you paid for the paid tier version, then you were able to watch Olympic stuff uh, essentially as live as it could be. I think there's you know at least a tape delay uh, digitally <laughs> tape delay. Do people still do tape delays? Do, you, do companies still do tape delays? Uh, so and then, and then also you and then with that you got to watch uh, 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 recaps. They had special shows, uh, clips from Amber Ruffin, special shows, uh, uh, 
one starring Snoop Dogg, hosted by Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart, which was actually very funny. It was it was a pretty funny show. I only watched one episode, but it was, it was a pretty funny show. And uh, and they had, a, they had a lot of stuff. And oh, then also you could rewatch you could rewatch it. You could rewatch reruns um, because of the uh, you know the five dollar tier or whatever. So here's what we got. According to data from data firm Aetna, the opening weekend of the games, which was July 23rd to 25th, drove the highest number of signups for one of Peacock's two paid offerings, uh, subscription offerings in the service's short history, though it did not give hard numbers. So obviously we know people signed up for Peacock and they pay for the, 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 ad, the ad-supported tier, which is $5. Remember, Peacock is free, $5 or $10 for no, for no ads. Uh, and the games also led to more new subscriptions than other big content plays. So that means Disney Plus launching with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like a big event. The Olympics drove 151% more paid signups than the service's introduction of The Office in January. 108% more signups than April's WrestleMania, which, if you remember... A couple weeks prior, NBC Universal and Peacock said that they're bringing, they have the exclusive rights to WWE stuff. I think it's WWE. I don't know. It's whatever the Wrestling Federation is. Uh, that's the WWF. And 50% more signups than the Universal animated sequel, Boss Baby Family Business, which no one except for me was waiting for. Look, I'm telling you, the, the Boss Baby TV show on Netflix ended on a perfect note that led into the movie. And the same thing goes for uh, All Hail King Julian, which even had a spinoff in the middle of this show, and it led directly into Madagascar. Quite frankly, it was really good. If you can get over uh, butt jokes a lot. And remember, Boss Baby also released in theaters and on Peacock. And remember... It, that was when Delta started coming into America. People were like, eh, maybe we should stay home. So Peacock has reached 54 million signups to date and 20 million monthly active use accounts. I, me included, I watched uh, two episodes of SNL yesterday. One episode, and I, I was going to start another one. And then I, and I said, no, no, it's too much SNL. Uh, but I did, but then I ended up watching a bunch of clips. That's what happens. That, that's exactly, that's me. If you want to know what I do in my life is uh, I go... Oh, instead of watching, you know, this new, the White Lotus, uh, instead of watching this new show, maybe I'll watch old SNL or Happy Endings or The Simpsons. Every single day I watch The Simpsons. Uh, well, you know, not uh, every time I say I watch The Simpsons every single day, I go, I do watch it every day. And then I don't watch it for like a day and I go, okay, I'll watch it again. <laughs> NBC Universal's parent company Comcast revealed last month during its second quarter 2001 earnings call, 2021 earnings call. That's it. And those don't include the month in July when the Olympics began. So I would probably venture to say maybe, you know, let's say 10 million people signed up. So now they're at 64 million. Cuz I I don't think I don't think it would have been uh too much. And you know, and now and now when people not only did they watch the Olympics. Not only I mean or didn't watch, but not only did they watch the Olympics because the Olympics did not have that, did not have good ratings uh, on traditional TV audience. Uh, but not only did they subscribe for the Olympics, now they can go, okay, uh, the first two Godfather movies plus uh, the recut version of Godfather Part Two. Uh, the oh god, what is it called? 
oh man, it's in my list. Uh, but the recut version of Godfather Part Two that just came out are all on uh, Peacock. And then within the month, they get all three John Wick movies, and they have the rundowns around the rock. They, just, I mean, there's a Peacock has a, a good plethora of uh, movies. Uh, TV shows, not so much, <laughs> but but they have a really a good amount of of, of uh, movies, and so that drove obviously people away from the other platforms, uh, the watching the Olympics on Peacock, away from uh, places like uh, NBCOlympics.com and the NBC Sports app. But I mean, but why why would you watch it there if 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 it's all going to be on Peacock? But maybe somebody likes NBC Sports enough to download the app. <laughs> The TV audience on NBC has uh, has sunk by as much as 51% in prime time from the Rio games in 2016, which were already down from the London games in 2012. But the 13-hour time difference compared to the East Coast did not help matters. But I think the diff. I, but I think the the difference is even even if you know there's a time difference between uh, USA and the US and another con- company. <laughs> yeah, well, the United States is a company. This is corporate America. This is corporate America. The people. Let that sit. I assume you're all applauding, even while you're driving, <laughs> or while you're playing a video game. I listen to podcasts while I play a video game. That's how I listen to Doughboys. <clears throat> so. I, I think I think the time difference is not as I don't think it's as effective as uh, as people uh, as analysts would have you to believe because I mean even if that's the case we're still going to get reruns on uh, USA we've still got reruns on every other NBC Universal network Olympics Channel NBC Telemundo Telemundo. Oh, ho, ho. look at me. I'm a sassy Latin person. I'm not going to say which nationality because I don't know what this voice is. I'm Wandissimo from the Fairly, fairly Godparents. <laughs> fairly Odd Parents, excuse me. Well, we're also Godparents. Okay. <laughs> well, goodbye. I got to go. Wow. Did you guys see Wandissimo from the Fairly Odd Parents? He was here. Interesting. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, God, I hope it rains today. It's not. It was ninety-two degrees. As if that matters. Uh, but I, I mean, it, but still, you know, people interested in games are still going to watch it. They're still want to see Katie Ledecky. They still want to see Simone Biles uh, and the rest of the people whose names I don't care for. <laughs> All across TV coverage, viewership has dropped forty-five percent from twenty sixteen. The games got off to a bad start, with the smallest audience ever for open ceremonies. And I think all of that was the the attribution to the the huge drop, an almost fifty percent drop, is due to the fact because of the pandemic. And then, you know, for this short period of time in the summer during the summer, you know, went before Delta became a, a massive worry, people were allowed to you know get out, <clears throat> and and you know they got their vaccines and. And now the vaccines are taking effect and say, all right, we can go outside, we can hang out with our friends, we can go to parties, we can visit family. We're going to go on vacation because we weren't able to do that last year. And so, obviously, the Olympics were hampered by or dampened by uh, the uh, 
the, the, the pandemic. And, you know, and I mean, and just maybe there's just so much. And I, you know, I was thinking, uh, uh, what, what uh, I was listening to, uh, Kara Swisher's sway and she was talking to, uh, the guy who, who created Alamo draft house. This came out today. And, uh, and, 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 and she asked about, you know, streaming and how, you know, Alamo and AMC and a bunch of other theater chains, they, you can, you can, instead of going to theater, you can just rent a movie, you know, digitally from them. You can rent, you know, The Green Knight or you can rent Boss Baby Family Business uh, via their website. And so you can support the theater directly if that's what you so choose to do. And so that way you're supporting your Alamo Draft House or your Landmark Theaters, but then you're also staying home and not going to the theater physically. And they still and they still get the money because because that's the that's what who you want to support. Uh, but I also I also think oh where was I going with this that it is uh, oh god oh man it's on the tip of my tongue oh my gosh uh, and you know HBO Max you can also watch the movies uh, from 2021 on HBO Max at home instead of going to the theaters. Um, I just think it's the fact that you know people. It, it might be fatigue, you know, franchise fatigue. It might be blockbuster fatigue. Uh, and, and there's just so much out there that, you know, watching it at home might be the best case scenario or it might truly just pass people by. If like Reminiscence on, on HBO, on HBO Max, rather, uh, that came out in theaters and also came out on HBO Max. But if it just came out in theaters, I wouldn't watch it. And, uh, and, you know, I was watching it on Saturday night at 11 o'clock. And then halfway through, I said, all right, I'm tired. Actually, it wasn't Heather. It was 30 minutes in. I said, I'm tired. I'm going to turn this off and go to sleep. This is an exciting Saturday night for a guy, a, very, a single, lonely single man uh, who lives with a cat. She li- she, I live with her. She does not live with me. <laughs> to oh, just 8 o'clock, go, I guess I should order a pizza. <laughs> Walk up to the pizza place by himself. See all these young people hanging out, having a nice time. And while you were listening to a to a, a food review, a fast food review podcast, walk walk the half a mile up the road, get a pizza, and then walk back and listen to your podcast. People are passing you by, going, "Let's go to this bar. Let's go to this bar. Yeah!" And then you get home, you're sweaty because it was hot outside, and you can hear the music from the bar next door. People, people laughing and having a nice time. <laughs> You're just sitting there like, "Cause I gotta eat this pizza." <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have some ice cream. <laughs> oh, cause I watch Reminiscence. And so pop me some popcorn, which I did not end up doing. But oh, Nova's sitting up. She knows it's thirty minutes to till she gets to eat dinner. <laughs> Little fat turd. All right, this next one comes from the Hollywood Reporter, written by Alex. Weprin. CBS This Morning Shakeup. Former NFL player Nate Burleson to replace Anthony Mason. Now, this is very good that uh, I, I turned on I turned on Good Morning Football. If you don't know who Nate Burleson is, he hosts Good Morning Football over there on the NFL Network. Uh, I think it's a great show to, you know, that talks about football, but I think it's a, a great morning show. Oh, speaking of football, I just got an ESPN alert from uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, would you look at that. Three people have... The COVID. Jeez Louise, guys, come on. Anyway, 
it, uh, Good Morning Football, I think, is a really good uh, sports show in general. And it, there's not yelling. They have great segments. All those people are are funny uh, and 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 good at what they do versus a lot of other shows on competing networks and on the same network that are yelly and uh, overproduced. So Nate is going to be taking the great Anthony Mason's position over on CBS this morning. Uh, Anthony Mason was a resident older white man uh, who I when he interviewed the brothers Osborne about TJ Osborne being gay or coming out of the closet, uh, he wore or no who was it who did he who did he, he interviewed somebody around that same time and uh, for CBS Sunday Morning and he did and he wore a, a scarf and a fedora and I just thought. Oh, I'm seeing a whole different side of Anthony Mason. That's not him just wearing a, a suit in the morning. And it was so great to see. So this newly, I, I mean, you know, bringing, bringing a, Nate Burleson is great. Uh, for, for one thing, I hope that they, uh, over at Good Morning Football, replace him. He was, he was the only person who played football. So I really hope uh, that they replace him with somebody who is, A, uh, most importantly, a good broadcaster, and B, uh, someone who also played sports, and I think uh, fo- football, uh, hopefully. But I think that that is hard to find, and I and I and I always I always think about this all the time because uh, it, you see it, you see it when you watch interviews and you read interviews and you hear, you know, quite frankly, sports players say the dumbest stuff in the world, and I go, you can't, you can't be a stereotype. But uh, Nate is a very smart guy. Uh, as is everybody on both shows, but but Nate is uh, in particular a very smart guy, uh, and also for playing football. Uh, I don't know his stats. I don't know if he was you know one of the greatest players, but whatever. Uh, but they have to replace him with somebody who is just as good or better. Like if you look at the uh, NBA on TNT, you look at Ernie, Kenny, Shaq, and Chuck. They are so good at what they do, and even when Shaq started out, he wasn't as good. Same thing goes for you know Chuck uh, as well, uh, and Kenny too. Um, but they they came into their own. Uh, if you watch the documentary, that's a, it's a really good documentary. Uh, and was it nominated for an Emmy? I don't think so. I think it has to be nominated next year. Anyway, so you know it's it's obviously going to be rough going at first, but. I hope they bring on somebody who is who who can who can you know be an entertainer and be good at what they do. Uh, so anyway, Nate signed a an overall deal with Viacom CBS, which will see him continue as an analyst on NFL Today and NFL Network, as well as quote select yearly appearances on Nickelodeon in a variety of capacities. He also uh, co-hosted the NFL Wild Card Game on Nickelodeon that aired earlier this year, and he did a, a fine job. He's a, he's, a really, he's really good at what he does. Uh, and Mason, Anthony Mason, is uh, great. He's going to be contributing to... Um, uh, oh, God. He's going to be contributing to CBS News, I believe. Yeah, CBS. Uh, in 2019, that's when Anthony Mason and uh, Anthony... And Tony DeCopel, they got two Anthony's. That was a problem. But that's when they joined Gail King uh, after Nora O'Donnell left for uh, CBS Evening News and John Dickerson left for 60 Minutes. And uh, also you know, after uh, Charlie Ross, 2017. 
<laughs> I remember the morning I was at the gym when uh, Charlie Rose was me too and I went, not Charlie Rose. I sent a text to to two other people in the industry. And I went, oh, Charlie, Charlie Rose is down. <laughs> same thing for uh, for um, Matt Lauer. Uh, the exact same two people. Oh, man. <laughs> Can you believe this? Okay. Let's move on. Oh, they also likened uh, Nate Burleson. They said that uh, Michael Strahan over on um, Good Morning America was has been a good ratings boom for for the show uh also because he's good at what he does it is so difficult it is so so difficult to to find a good broadcaster this is why you know i respect lebron for his skills and i respect him for his business acumen but he is so stupid (laughs) he is so dumb and i don't think he got a vaccination uh, and he's, and you know what, if you didn't get one, you're also dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, Steph Curry, he's a, I'm sure he's got a great personality. Uh, and he seems like a really nice guy and he's very good at basketball, but seeing him on Holy Moly read off of a, of a teleprompter is just ugh, so frustrating. That's why I like Kyrie Irving on in the Uncle Drew movie. Great. He's so funny. He was so funny. Shaq in any role he does. So great. So funny. <laughs> That's the thing. This is why Michael Jordan, uh, that's why I can't stand him as a human being. <laughs> so let's take a look at CBS This Morning's ratings. Speaking of ratings, it's talking about Good Morning America's ratings. Again, I got to sign into the Rap Pro, uh, but not sign in, sign in, but not sign in, and, and, and read this article because they keep putting things behind the paywall. Did CBS This Morning close ratings gap with GMA today under Anthony Mason? This comes from Tony Maglio, August 13th. <laughs> Not really, his answer is, but it's made some progress this season. So CBS This Morning is not the highest, highest rated show, and I, but I will say that it is the one I choose to watch. Uh, t- today's show, even though I worked for NBC, today's show is uh, t- too, too, too chaotic for me. And, they, and, it's just, yeah. and then uh, uh, Good Morning America is something I, don't, I just can't attach to. Uh, although I do watch all three. I, cycle, I try to cycle through all three throughout the, the week. I watch a lot of news. When you work in the news, it's part of your life for a little bit. You get stuck to it. So Nate Burleson is joining. Anthony Mason is going to CBS News as a contributor. And the disparity is uh, pretty big. Overall, GMA currently has a 20% viewer advantage over CBS this morning and just a 3% lead over today. See, it's kind of like how... uh, 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 Fallon and Colbert are, you know, fighting for ratings. And also, they don't care about ratings. Uh, it's the networks that care about ratings. And the key news demo of adults 25 to 54 today has a 9% lead on GMA, but a whopping 40% advantage over CBS this morning. I mean, I do have Dylan Dreyer, and whew, she's pregnant again. I understand, man. I, I, I get her pregnant, too. This is a clean show. Those gaps are fairly consistent with how she, uh, how, how she, <laughs> talk about Dylan Dreyer, baby. Those gaps are fairly consistent with how the shows stacked up before Mason and DeCoupel joined King. For the full 52 weeks between September 2017 and September 2018, before Mason and DeCoupel joined the broadcast, 
GMA had a 24% lead over CBS this morning in total viewers and today had a 39% lead in the demo. So the worst versus the first gap has narrowed a bit in total viewers but dipped slightly in the key demo. Interestingly enough, the gaps between the second place shows and CBS this morning have followed the exact same path. Leads on with more numbers, gets into the Nielsen, uh, and you will not believe that... (laughs) Uh, that the the view the viewer numbers for Nielsen uh, aren't very good, but we'll just I'll leave, we'll we'll continue on with this that uh, CBS this morning has averaged in 2019 for over the course of the summer 2.782 million total viewers, with 700,000 of them being in the 701,000 of them in the key news demo. Those same number of weeks, GMA averaged nearly a million more viewers, which is 3.720 million, of which 1.049 million fell into key demo. Today brought in 3.607 million viewers per day with 1.106 million adults 25 to 54. The ratings are important, especially these morning ratings are important for, for, uh, for broadcasters. They're really fighting for the morning ratings and they're fighting for the um, not uh, late night, but also primetime ratings because that's, that's where you make the, the majority of your money because otherwise people are just going to in waiting rooms going to be <laughs> watching um, one life to live. Is that a, is that a, a soap, a soap opera? I was going to say a rom-com, but that's not true. Can't wait to see what happens. This is the last week that Nate Burleson is going to be on the uh, uh, show. And another thing. This last one comes from Vulture, written by Joseph uh, Adelian. Talking about HBO Max. I labeled it Fixing HBO Max. This is an old article. It's uh, tomorrow. It'll be two weeks old. And I just want to get into it. I I could have saved it, but I refuse to. HBO Max is a very, very, it's, I think it's quite frankly, my favorite service, uh, besides Hulu, uh, but Hulu is effing up too, <laughs> but I do, th- I, it is a very buggy app. Apple TV's, uh, HBO Max app was just, is just, has just been dealing with the worst. Roku users, uh, have gotten a lot of, uh, malfunctions and all this is like s- slowness, freezes, uh, in my case, I have Google uh, Chromecast uh, with Google TV. I have Google TV. I have Google TV, and it's on that C, the LG C1, uh, which is the newest television, and uh, the and the Chromecast, the Google TV, is the newest Chromecast. And every time, and this is the only app it happens on, uh, I, I watch a movie in 4K, uh, like Reminiscence, for instance, or Suicide Squad. It's happened with Reminiscence Suicide Squad. I press play and it blinks. It like it'll play the movie for like five seconds and then blink and then it'll and then in the corner if you have uh, an LG TV it says Dolby Vision in the corner or you know wh- whatever it supports, uh, and and it blinks and it's and it stinks because it's a it's you know it's a premium app uh, on you know the this the the most high end of the devices in and it still doesn't work properly and uh, Joseph. It wrote a really good piece talking about how the basically the 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 problem is that 
when Warner Media and AT and T were creating this HBO Max app, they used the skeleton of HBO Go, which is how uh, where it came, which is how it how it lives. So they used HBO Go and HBO Now, and they said this is going to this is going to work. It's I mean it's this it's the strangest thing. It's like it's like. Um, you know, you see it, uh, uh, car manufacturers, they go, if you look at the uh, Audi RS8 and the uh, Lamborghini Urus, uh, they're the same car, but one of them has the Lamborghini name and it has like Lamborghini, you know, shifters, but that's it. And, and you know, the wheels and stuff, but but that's it in the engine. And that, But that's it. It's the same uh, tech interface. It's the same wheel, you know, driving wheels, the same seats. But it just has the Lamborghini name etched into it. Um, but in in the case of technology, that's not how it's 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 supposed to work. You know, you can't take you can't take uh, uh, this Android phone and turn it into uh, a tablet. And they tried that. <laughs> they tried it. They tried to make the the Pixel Book go and and the and the and all the other Android tablets. It just doesn't work. You can't just blow up Android and expect it to work because the apps don't fit inside of the screen. Uh, I mean, you can do that in the case of iOS because it's better than Android. Uh, and so that's where you see problems of uh, people like when Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was going on for like the final, like the final three or four seasons were going on while HBO Go and HBO Now were uh, apps that were being used a lot as people were leaving cable and then going to HBO Now and using it and stuff. And so you had a lot of people trying to watch Game of Thrones at once and then the app would crash and then that would be a big story the next day. So now apparently Joseph writes that they're, they're trying to fix it by creating an entirely new app that's going to launch at some point next year. It's not publicly announced, but he's got a quote from a, more, a Warner Media exec who has gone nameless. We're going to replace every single connected TV app in the next four to five months. So that means uh, Roku, Apple TV, Google TV, they're all going to get new apps. I don't know if that means in terms of, uh, I, know he, I know they said TV apps, but I don't know if that means in terms of mobile apps or anything. Relaunch could, of course, have uh, newer bugs all over the place. But, you know, if they have if if we have one cohesive experience in lieu of, uh, uh, you know, building a new house on top of an old house, then uh, it'll be fine. Oh, he says it's a good signal for AMC+. Because it's not part of a massive entertainment conglomerate, AMC Network's streaming efforts, AMC Plus, and a collection of uh, niche apps, as well as Shutter and uh, Acorn, such as Shutter and Acorn, haven't gotten the same level of attention as the other direct-to-consumer platforms, but the company has been quietly plugging along during the pandemic, adding new subscribers at a very healthy clip. Last week, it's uh, across its various services, collectively boasts 9 million subscribers by the end of the year, and is forecasting uh, to climb to 25 million by 2025. I don't understand what AMC Plus has to do with this. Reaching these goals has gotten a bit easier today with the news that AMC Networks has struck a deal with Verizon to give the wireless and internet giants customers up to one year free access to AMC Plus. Uh, I still don't see what this has to do with this. I mean, are they saying that? Is, I don't. I wonder if Joseph is saying that AMC Plus is going to capitalize on this, but it's not. It's not as if people are searching for the stuff on AMC Plus. That being said, uh, my th- my the the AMC Plus I bought two months 
for like 99 cents on uh, per month on um, Amazon Prime Day. And I watched a couple episodes of The Birthday Boys and nothing else. <laughs> so on AMC Plus. So uh, there you have that. Yeah, I mean, just capitalize on it. Who cares? Uh, it, you know, we're, we're HBO Max again. If it's going to be a power player in terms of this streaming app interface ecosystem, then they're going to have to create this new app. Uh, if if they can't, because every because every platform is experiencing different issues, um, it's but they're all different issues, but they're all this similar vein. You know. It's just going to have to change. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where we've got interviews with your favorite comedians. There's one, somebody emailed me last week with the comedian's name, and I said, please, let me talk to this person. So hopefully we get we hear back from that this week. Uh, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? I'm recording something um, for Sirius. It's uh, Sirius XM. It is uh, not paid, but I will talk about it whenever it airs. So that'll be fun. Actually, I'm going to have to do that after this. As Nova eats her food. She sat back down. She, she, she sees daddy's working. <laughs> she sees daddy's working. If you want to see a video version of the show, go to youtube.com slash equals comedy. We're going to see me sitting uh, looking very greasy, very oily. <laughs> All the jojoba oil from this morning. I put on, it's only two drops. I put on after I put on my face lotion and my serum. It's just uh, showing and shining, baby. See my hair looking nice and big. <laughs> Need a haircut so badly. Uh, whatever. Also on youtube.com slash equals comedy is our premiere show, News Time, where I sit down with the topic and I talk about it. It's like The Daily Show, except way less funny. Last week's episode is about. Oh no, this always happens. This is this always also, first of all, it came out late, which is partially my fault and partially something else that happened. Uh, oh, it's about the summer box office. I did a summer box office episode. I said I was not going to, but then I did one anyway. I don't think I ever said I explicitly said I wasn't going to, but whatever. So there you go. It's about the summer box office and uh, how it came back from the, during the pandemic, but also it, how it just kind of uh, stifled after a little bit. So definitely check it out. It's a good episode and a really good cold open <laughs> that came together at the last possible minute. But it's a good cold open that uh, only works for probably black people, but whatever. <laughs> Anyway, oh, and I wrote a song. I, this is the second week in a row I wrote a song for that, for the goal of it. I like, it's interesting. I like writing the music, but it take like if I, if, if I come up with a cold open that needs a song, I go, okay, I got, I got to do this. But it is so difficult to just, you know, to put it together and bust it out. And then it never comes out the way I need it to come out. Twitter, Instagram, at C plus comedy, me on Twitter and Instagram at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook, rate, review, subscribe. To this show, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends about it, please. I see the subscriber numbers. They're going up. Not very fast. <laughs> not very fast at all. I don't ask you for money. This is free. I'm not even going to put ads on this. I don't care. If somebody ever, if a company ever said, hey, Chad, we want to sell ads on the show. I go, no, 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 no. 
No, 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 no. I'm not putting ads on this show. This is a friggin' portfolio, baby. This is the purest of the pure. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.